Hi, I'm Liam, the Project Director of the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion Initiative led by the marketing society Think Equal. Think Equal will initially focus on accelerating gender equality across the Marcoms industry. The initiative aims to help progress the careers of mid and senior management women, helping to accelerate their careers to take more leadership positions, leading brands, agencies and media owners in the UAE and the wider region. Through training, events, mentoring, policy changes, content and much more, we aim to provide tangible activity that will make an impact and a difference now. We'll also be collaborating with other membership groups, event organisers and media to ensure more equal visibility and opportunity to be provided. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Lisa King, co-founder of Tales and Heads. Lisa has helped brands tell their stories for over 20 years in London and Dubai, both with global agencies and on the client side. Before co-founding Tails and Heads, she led the consumer practice at one of WPP's largest agencies based in the UAE and covering the Middle East and North Africa, and is a great example of how you can juggle leadership positions and motherhood. Lisa, welcome to the podcast today and thank you for joining me. Thank you, Leanne. Lovely to be here. Before we dive in, uh, one of the things that I do on the on this podcast is I like to, to get to know our guests a little better. So I'm going to ask you three quick fire questions and um, if you can answer them as quickly as possible with, I guess, try and get it into one sentence. If you can, I know it's been a challenge for some of our previous guests, but we're going to give it a go. Um, okay. Can you describe your career journey into leadership? I think for me, it is about seizing opportunity, taking calculated risks and saying yes. Yeah, that's three really nice key things that you've picked up on there. Um, how do Tails and Heads support gender equality across the business? Well, I hope that we're a great example of uh, gender equality because uh, we are led by uh, two females, myself and Margaret Flanagan, and currently we have an all-female team. Excellent. What do you think is the biggest action that we can take as women to climb the career ladder? I think it is about stepping out of your comfort zone, really surrounding yourself with interesting and inspiring people, building a network and challenge and be challenged. I'm going to pick up on a few things here because I think there's, there's some really interesting words that you've highlighted so before we go further in I'm, I'm going to pick up on a few bits you mentioned your career journey to leadership you said taking risks can you tell us about a risk that you've taken to get into that leadership position yes well um when uh we set up uh tails and heads uh, it was just after the pandemic and I think it was probably quite a big risk to um, quit uh, a very stable uh, and great job uh, and go on it uh, alone. And I think it, it is a bit like jumping off a cliff. Uh, you you know take that risk and you don't quite know what the future uh, is going to hold. But I think um, you weigh up uh, what the opportunity is and, and how you might make things work. And I think it is incredibly rewarding and I'm super glad that we did it. Were you scared? Yeah, I was. It is scary, um, especially the kind of not knowing uh, whether what the future holds, not knowing where the next paycheck 
uh, is coming from. Um, and I was scared. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But I think, you know, embracing being scared and using it as an opportunity to say, right, we're going to make this work and push yourself, uh, really think about how you can do things differently um, is incredibly rewarding. I, I learned a lot through the process for sure. It's super scary, isn't it? I, I set up my business at a similar, similar sort of time to you and taking that that risk is, it, 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 it is scary. I did a lot of Tim Ferriss's fear setting before, did you? Make, before making that decision because all I kept saying to myself was, no, it's okay, just stay where you are. You can find your inspiration and you can find your creativity from somewhere else. And I was really unhappy at the time um, and want, always wanted to do and to have my own business. But yeah, it's, it is that bravery, right? I remember actually we had breakfast, you and I, and you were saying, oh, I don't know. Should I, I do know. it? Should I not? And uh, yeah. I said, don't do it. It's going to be amazing. And look at you now. Yeah, I mean, the universe made it happen. It, it yeah. really, it really, it really did make it happen. And I think, like, like you say, embracing that that feeling of being scared, and it's okay to do that, but then using it to the advantage and being able to push out of your comfort zone, yeah, and and move forward. Um, what would you say to someone that's thinking about doing it? But, you know, I a really great friend of mine, uh, she's a, an entrepreneur. She set up a very successful events agency uh, many years ago uh, in Dubai. And she said to me, look, you know, you really should do it. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure. She was like, you honestly won't look back. And she was absolutely right. And I think um, for anybody that's thinking uh, that they would actually like to create their own business, um, I think that's an incredible opportunity. It gives you uh, the chance to have the autonomy to to really think about what it is that you want to do, what you're really passionate um, about, to make quick decisions. What I love now is that Margaret and I will, you know, think of a great idea and we'll really like just make it happen. And I think that's a, it's great, and I love it. And I think um, you know, it's, I think other people should really think about you know, why they're doing it and what they want to achieve from it. But it's a really great opportunity. The way that you, you talk about passion there as well, it almost, for me, that comes back to that book of Gali, where it talks about what are you passionate about, what are you good at, and what, what can you, what can make money, what can you live yes. from? Actually yeah. finding that piece in the middle. And it sounds like that you found that piece in the middle with your, with the agency that you've co-founded with Margaret. Yeah, I think we we are really passionate about what we do. We're very lucky to work with some amazing brands um, and amazing people. We have a fabulous um, team. And, you know, it's something that I've always been really passionate about is, you know, the growth and development of the people uh, that I'm working with. Um, I think, you know, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing people succeed, move up the career ladder and take their own uh, leadership roles um so I think being able to combine you know work that you love doing with things that you're really passionate about makes for the ideal career environment it makes such a difference doesn't it when you it does in those when you pull in those passion points and you you know you, you almost you're getting the best out of both worlds right yeah absolutely absolutely and I think you know when you start up a business it, it takes time to get it off the ground you all well know uh, there's a lot of the, the kind of the business admin that surrounds 
uh, building Stuff something that you never from the ground you were up. Dealing with. No, no. <laughs> it, it, all, it, it takes a lot of time, and then you know when you start to grow the client base, obviously that that is very consuming. And what I think is really exciting is the team grows. Our focus will always be on on the clients because you know for us it's very much about providing that senior counsel and expertise to those clients. But I also think now we've got more people. We're uh, nearly fifteen. Uh, people uh, now it also gives you the opportunity to look at other projects that you're really uh, passionate uh, about as well and you know I know you've mentioned about things like the mentorship and I think that's a really nice opportunity to actually like mentee young upcoming talent and give them the um, kind of insight that you had uh, to help them grow too. Yeah, we've we've known each other for, for years, Lisa, and I, I know that you know I've seen your name around the industry, helping and mentoring female professionals to get into those leadership roles and to help with their journey. But what other than than sharing your knowledge, um, what have you learned from that experience of being in a mentor role, especially to people that aren't in your organisation, but 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 other organisations? I think um, what I've loved about it is as well as the the kind of the sharing my own experience, just kind of being a sounding board and like working with uh, the mentees to make sure that um, they can talk to you, they can um, share the things that they're finding challenging, that you can work together to to find um, solutions. Uh, one of the mentees I had, um, fantastic young talent, she won uh, some young uh, communicator awards, uh, which was you know amazing I'm for her, and um, and she's just actually taken on a, a, an amazing new role. And I'm so proud to watch, you know, even though it's from afar because she's not part of my team, her uh, her journey um, and see how she is thriving as a communications professional. I, I think that's there's nothing really more rewarding than that. I couldn't agree more with you when you talk about seeing someone else succeed I used to do a lot of teach I used to teach baton twirling when I was in the UK well actually I've just started a class here as well um, really? I was in the UK yeah yeah I love that it's one of my one of my secret talents that I don't talk about very often to be <laughs> honest I don't know why I don't talk about it because it's one of my passions and I I absolutely adore doing it but when I was teaching at a very high level in the UK it the kids that would win at competitions I would feel that sense of pride yeah and and sense of achievement through other people it was quite nice to know that that you're part of that inspiration process as well absolutely absolutely and I think uh you know it really is rewarding when people get that award or deliver so something much. exceptional um and and you see them grow for me it's not really about me anymore it's much more about the people that are working for us and and seeing how they um grow and where their career takes them and it's it, it's not just the hard work that you're putting in in terms of these mentorship programs that you're doing and training and developing your team, but it's also that it's part and part, right? You can't just spend all your time training and inspiring someone. That someone also has to take accountability for their own progression, and they're not going to get to where they need to be and deliver that amazing presentation if they don't rehearse it, right? Yeah, yeah I think it's definitely a two-way street for sure. I think it's about, you know, us finding the right opportunities, but also uh, people coming to the table and saying, right, I want to do this. Can I be involved? Can I take part uh, in this? And pushing themselves out of their comfort zone and doing things differently. Things like, 
you know presenting doesn't always come easy to everybody but um you know it's, it is something that I think you can learn and I've seen people go from being incredibly nervous to actually like really accomplished presenters and I think that's you know that's great and I think there's loads of opportunity especially in our industry for people to kind of learn new skills to do things differently and it's very rewarding when you see them achieve the goals that they set out. Yeah, it really is. And there's that quote, isn't there, that the most dangerous place that you can be is when you're sat in your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, the, when you're in your comfort zone, it can become a bit boring. You know, you're doing the kind of the same things. You know, you haven't necessarily done anything different. I mean, I, I mentioned it before, but, um, you know, setting up a business is, you know, it's, it's not something that I had experience in doing before. All the nuances of, you know, setting up in a free zone and all of the you know, infrastructure that needs to go alongside that. But, you know, it was it was great because I, I learned loads of things that I didn't know before. Um, and, you know, now I have a, a role that is sort of obviously on the client side, but also, you know, the the kind of the CFO and making sure that, you know, the business is running. Yeah, everybody. Well. It challenges me in new ways. Yeah. 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 Hey, HR manager. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. C- CFO, HR. <laughs> Margaret, has, uh, Margaret has IT though, because I'm not oh, very thank good. For that. Thank God for that. I outsource my, <laughs> yeah. I outsource my IT because that's definitely my weakness. But that's, that's almost a whole, whole nother kettle of fish when you talk about outsourcing and, and entrepreneurship. Lisa, you've worked on a lot of, high profile partnerships over your career yes. um, with different talent across events, film, television, sports, fashion. What's been your experience with gender equality across those, those different industries? Cause they're, they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very varied, uh, particularly in London. I had um, the pleasure of working with some incredibly uh, inspiring female talent, Uh, everything from TV stars to musicians and athletes. And I always felt very inspired by what they achieved, but I don't think their journey was always easy. Uh, In fact, I think, you know, some of them worked incredibly hard uh, to get uh, where they were. Um, And certainly I think the, the gender pay gap between like male and female artists was very real. I think things have improved uh, somewhat um, on that front, but I, I think there's still still a long way to go. I, I read one of those stats recently. I, I, I never know which of the years is right, but um, it will take 257 years to close the gender pay gap, which is just, you know, really far too much. I'm not surprised. And that's in every industry, right? Or is that specific to one industry? I think, I think it, it's very often across industries and a lot of, um, kind of leadership roles, there is a gap between uh, what male um, equivalents are paid versus their female uh, counterparts. I think that we, you know, it's, it's something that absolutely uh, needs to be um, addressed um, to really sort of reduce that gender bias and make sure that there is more equality uh, in terms of uh, paying people fairly for the work they do. I know you've got an, an all-female team uh, at your business at the moment, um, but when you do your recruitment process, how how do you go about doing that in to terms honest, of the gender biasness? Yeah, to be honest, we never intended to have an all-female team. It's just uh, transpired that way. And, you know, I'm sure in the future uh, we will have um, a, a more diverse 
um, team because I think it's really about the the different skill sets that people bring to the table. And um, when we've recruited people, um, we've really chosen people with the the breadth of skill set that really fits our business. You know, the ability to um, create great content, to tell great stories, to run big projects very effectively. Um, and really, um, that can be either male or female. It just happens that so far we have a female team, but I'm sure in the future uh, we'll have a, a more um, diverse team. But really for us, it's about you know what uh, those people can bring to the table to ensure that we're delivering the highest quality to our clients. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. It's it's around hiring the right talent for the right role. Absolutely. Like, regard, regardless of regardless of gender, you know, as a business, you've got a job that needs to be done to provide yeah. that that high quality service. And the person that's going to be best at that role is the right yeah. person um for that job. And when you when you swing it into large corporate organizations as well, and I'm, I'm sure that they do recruit in exactly the same way, that as a female in a leadership role, I wouldn't want to be put in a leadership role just because I was a female. No. I'd want to be put in that leadership role because I was damn good at my job, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that is so important. It is really about you know the the strength of your ability to do that role. And that's what I think hiring should be based on. That's a really good point. Over the last few years, um, there's been a lot of changes and, and improvements with, with female representation across the board in leadership um, in our industry. I don't think we're there just yet, but what factors do you think have contributed to these changes into more, more representation of females in these leadership roles? I think, uh, yeah, you're right. We're not there yet. I think things have definitely uh, improved. You know, I feel that, you know, the way things have evolved have enabled uh, myself and, and Margaret to to become female entrepreneurs, to set up our own business. I think uh, the UAE really does embrace that entrepreneurial um, talent, uh, which I think uh, is important. Um and I think we need to continue really making sure that we have a seat at the table. Um, we are very privileged to work with some amazing uh, talent, uh, female talent at a C-suite uh, level. And I think um, imparting the the knowledge and the wisdom and the insight we've got to the younger generation to see them come up uh, the ranks is really important in terms of driving the next generation of female leaders. That generation of female leaders, what do you think is stopping them at this point? I think, uh, I, I, I mean, I, they, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the glass ceiling, for example, and, and uh, imposter syndrome and people not feeling that they necessarily are worthy um, of those roles. I think, um, I think we absolutely need to move past that. I think education uh, is important. I think challenging uh, stereotypes. Um, you know, I think there's there's sometimes an assumption that women will do certain roles and not others. Um, and I think you know the education piece is fundamental in terms of parents and uh, you know their daughters in terms of really understanding the full breadth of opportunity uh, that's available to them. And I think um, also it's finding ways 
for women to have really successful careers, but also have that kind of flexibility. Um, you know, I'm a working mum. It's really important to me that I find the balance. You know, I am really ambitious and I really want the company to to go from strength to strength. But at the same time, I have to find that that balance by you know, making sure my daughter knows that I'm there for her, that having that time where you turn off the phone and actually spend that quality time, not just looking at the WhatsApp messages and all the emails that come through. And I I think that is challenging for women. I think employers also need to look at ways to help women find that, that balance as well. So they really can do it all. I think you you mentioned about these WhatsApp messages and I actually think that's the case for all, all females, not just, you know, the, having that opportunity to switch off because I know my phone goes crazy and I'm I'm very disciplined in terms of you know if a client contacts me past 7 p.m you will not get a response from me until the following morning after I've done you know my key rituals of a morning which is you know have a nutritious breakfast go to the gym get some steps in uh, read 10 pages of my book and I do that every morning for I guess for my mindset and for my mental health before I even will respond to a WhatsApp if it's sent in the middle of the night. So I guess it's setting being able to set those boundaries that are that are okay um, to set and it is important to set and having that discipline to be able to completely switch off from that, whether you're you know whether you're at home with a family or or not. I think it's still a very important point to have that disconnect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think. WhatsApp is amazing in terms of real-time communication. You can do things extremely fast through WhatsApp, but, you know, the joys of having the blue ticks are that you can always seem to be uh, on. And I think um, certainly I, I was speaking to um, a uh, person that's also in the industry in London and they're, like, really strict about not using WhatsApp. And I know it's something that's used a lot um, here because it is harder to switch off. Uh, from from WhatsApp but I totally agree with you Leanne it is about being disciplined it is about saying right now I've got to focus on uh, xyz um, and really make sure that you have that quality time with the family alongside you know all the commitments you have from a work perspective there's so many challenges that that I guess that both genders have to deal with right when it when it comes to getting into these leadership positions but I do think that perhaps females struggle slightly more, whether well, they do struggle slightly slightly more than males because you look at the statistics of people in leadership roles, right? Genders in leadership roles. So there, there is that struggle there. Um, real quick question, Would it? do you think the main challenge is skill or mindset? I think it's think, mindset. Yeah. Definitely. I think, uh, I think there's some incredibly talented uh, people um, you know, as I said, we're, we're super fortunate to have an, a, an amazing uh, female team. I think um, it is that mindset of seizing opportunity, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, grasping things that you might never have thought you do, but actually that really take your career in a new direction. And I think if you can get the mindset right, then there's no stopping us. There's some some really good advice in there, Lisa. Thank you for joining us today. And the kind of, I guess, just to reiterate kind of three key points that I've taken for, for advice that that you would give to others is seizing those opportunities, taking risks, get out of your comfort zone, go and find inspirational people that do inspire you to be better and and net, network as well, network within, you know, within your industry, within your peers. So you do get that that inspiration from 
from the right people. Yeah, absolutely. I love the uh, way in Dubai. It's kind of a tight knit community and you get the opportunity to meet lots of different uh, types of people from all different walks of life. And I find that really inspirational. And you have to take that. Right. You have to take that opportunity to continue to meet that. So, yeah, if you're listening today and you're, you know, six to seven years experience, get out, get networking, get within the tight knit marketing and communications industry within the UAE, because it is it is smaller than you think. And there are lots of opportunities and lots of inspirational people that you can learn from, like like Lisa and like our other podcasters. So so do get out and network. Um, But thank you, Lisa, for today. It's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much, Leanne. Lovely to talk to you, too.